0: All right, back with our second Philippians. Well, wait a minute. This is actually, we're in Philippians chapter two. I didn't mean to do that, but I meant second time we're doing Philippians in like (laughs) a short period of time. But I just, if you haven't listened to the first story of why we're doing Philippians again, go back and listen to that, that first podcast that we just did that came out today, right? Yep. Or tomorrow. You still need to do the last chapter of John I know, too. which I will. I'll get okay. that done. I will do that after this. <laughs> but I figured that this needed to go out and man, in light of the past 24 hours, it'd be nice to have like a little bit of encouragement and just finding out what the Bible really says and you know, where we find our encouragement and our hope and why we do this. Absolutely. And I heard from a couple of you already today that you guys really, really enjoyed the first one. You guys listened to it and you enjoyed it. So I'm really glad that you enjoyed it. I'm glad it came across well. And I mean, it's definitely done in thinking of uh, all of you every single day because I was just totally bummed out. Didn't want any of our listeners, any of our church family you know to be too down on themselves or to um you know just kind of lose hope get frustrated because it's easy to do in the world and in life and especially uh following christ i mean you know with that added extra uh weight that cross that we have to bear you know in following um Which we have the privilege We learned that we have the privilege Of suffering for him But uh, Sometimes you know it's, it's difficult And We have to remember that You know sometimes suffering for him Can be Seemingly meaningless issues to you You know You feel like it's family drama Or you feel like it's You know you're being too big of a baby About some particular thing It's like no, I mean, there's there's definitely um, persecution inside your own family and, and circle of friends that will, that will happen just because you're a follower of Christ. People will say things about you, so um, that can get downing, and I think we can lift each other up through doing this again. So Go ahead and take a minute to pray before we start. And then, of course, if there's anything at all that we can do for you, questions, counsel, prayer, provisions, whatever it might possibly be, please do not hesitate to reach out and let us know. You can go to APHomeChurch.com and literally find everything on there because I don't think there's any aspect of our life that I haven't put on the Internet. So anything, contact us, message us, call us, whatever you need. It's all there. All right. So Paul writing to the church in Philippi here. In chapter two, Philippi was one of his more upbeat letters, and that's funny, or Philippians was one more of his, one of his upbeat letters and probably one of his more miserable experiences. So that's what's really interesting about the book. Uh, But continue going on in verse one, not 12. I'm way down at 12. That's not where I need to be. That's not going to work. Verse one. Is there any encouragement from belonging to Christ? It was a question. Any comfort from his love? Any fellowship together in his spirit? Are your hearts tender and compassionate? The the answer is supposed to be just a resounding yes. There's all kinds of encouragement in Christ. Uh, you know, any comfort in his love. Absolutely. We can find comfort to our pain. We have to look for it and receive it and understand it. Verse two, then make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other, loving one another, and working together with one mind and purpose. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble. Thinking of others is better than yourselves. Okay, think about that. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble thinking of others better than yourself. Are you thinking of others' interests before your own? Are you being that humble in every single decision? Is that how you focus your life you know, your priorities in life? These like two verses alone are the absolute opposite of everything we are taught and told to do. Absolutely. Because this is this is Almost this passive attitude, this pacifist um, charge that you get from people where you go, well, are you a pacifist? Don't really know how to answer that question because Philippians chapter 2, verse 3 says, Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble. Thinking of others is better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Okay? Remember that he was dying on the cross and he said, Father, forgive them? Is that what type of is that what type of representative that you are for Christ? I mean, do you can you can you identify yourself as always looking out for others' interests? Thinking of others as better than yourselves? All right, continuing on in verse 4. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges He took up the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on the cross. Okay, he, what that is though, is though he was God and did not think, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Here, he took the form of a servant. That is a direct contrast into being God. God is not a servant. But Christ took on the form of a humble slave, a servant, and gave up his divine privileges, but didn't cling to that as an excuse here on earth, to use it as some kind of leverage. So, (laughs) What kind of, I mean, think about that example. We're supposed to have the same attitude that Christ had and we're supposed to think, we're supposed to be humble and think of others better than ourselves. And our example is God who took on the form of a servant And died a criminal's death on the cross. That doesn't leave room for you to act like a jerk jerk at all. All Alright, so verse... I think it was on verse 9, yeah. Alright, verse 9. Therefore God elevated him to the place of highest honor and gave him the name above all names. That at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and earth and under the earth. And every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Dear friends, you followed my instructions when I was with you. And now that I am away, it is even more important. Work hard to show the results of your salvation. Obeying God with deep reverence and fear. This here, that verse work hard to show the results of your salvation reminds me of James 226 for as the body apart from the spirit is dead so also faith apart from works is dead people say that James and paul's ideas contrast each other and contradict each other so I don't you'll hear a lot of Either non-believers or even some "quote-unquote" believers have some wacky arguments about Paul and James. Um, but right here, I, Paul is harmonizing exactly what James says. Right here, work hard to show the results of your salvation. Okay, it's not that you have to you have to do something to obtain your salvation. It says work hard to show the results of your salvation okay if you are saved works will come naturally it'll just happen the spirit doesn't allow you to not do these things so verse 12 again Dear friends, you always followed my instructions when I was with you. And now that I am away, it's even more important. Work hard to show the results of your salvation. Obeying God with deep reverence and fear. With deep reverence and fear. Okay. I mean, we have got to take this stuff seriously. We've got to take his word and what he says seriously. But it's a it's a holy fe- it's it's a good fear. It's not a fear of what he will do to you. Reverence. And see, verse thirteen, Paul shows for God is working in you, giving you the desire and power to do what pleases Him. See, God is working in you. it it, it doesn't allow you to not. Change your life And to not um, Receive the benefits Of it I mean When you do work for God The results Yeah they're They're very apparent And they're very Very satisfying Not selfishly But I think it's a It's a gift from God to be able to see him just work so clearly. And if you are showing the results of your salvation, you will be able to see and know these works as well. But we have to, we have to be working at it. It's not an easy road. All that to say that it's not an easy road. Do everything without complaining and arguing. Want me to read that one more time in verse 14? Do everything without complaining and arguing. Not really many ways to twist that. We're not all going to get it right all the time. Some of us have days that we just want to throw fits. I have them more often than not. Okay, but... We need to arm ourselves with the attitude of verse 14 of do everything without complaining and arguing. We need to have a better attitude. We need to put these things in perspective so that no one can criticize you. Live clean, innocent lives as children of God, shining like bright lights in a world full of crooked and perverse people. Hold firmly to the word of life, then on the day of Christ's return, I will be proud that I did not run the race in vain, that my work was not useless. Hold firmly to the word of life. Okay, we need to be able to shine like bright lights in a world full of crooked and perverse people. This world system, everything that's going on around us, it's wicked and perverse. Of course, your day's not going to be good, but we gotta shine like a bright light in the world of darkness. That cloud that's hovering over us, we gotta shine through it. We gotta just get up and go, and march on, and run this race that Paul is talking about. He ran it, verse seventeen. But I will rejoice even if I lose my life, pouring out, pouring it out like a liquid offering to God just like your faithful service is an offering to god and i want all of you to share that joy yes you should rejoice and i will share your joy hey, there there's so much there's so much joy in offering faithful service to god and doing it and just seeing it i can't tell you i'm not we're not perfect we are far from it and we are very transparent in that however when we made the decision to completely live by faith and completely dedicate every single moment of our work and our to God the joy in that it's hard it's really hard some days but also it has brought me more joy and pleasure than I think that I've ever had in my life and we all should share in this type of joy together because when the spirit connects people like like this, I mean there's just there's no worldly, earthly joy like that you know, I don't care what type of new gadget you think that you have you know, finally your new car your new house None of that is like seeing somebody turn their life around and start following the Lord again because of, you know, um, them having a, a repentant moment in their life and, and just finally seeing that they've been doing things wrong and they need to change. There's nothing like the type of joy that, that when you see somebody like that come to the Lord and then continue to grow their relationship. So there's no earthly joy that that's comparable. Verse 19. If the Lord Jesus is willing, I hope to send Timothy to you soon for a visit. Then he can cheer me up by telling me how you are getting along. I have no one else like Timothy who generally cares about your welfare. All the others care only for themselves and not what, for what matters to Jesus Christ. But you know how Timothy has proved himself... Like a son with his father, he has served me in preaching the good news. I hope to send him to you just as soon as I find out what is going to happen to me here. I have confidence from the Lord that I myself will come to see you soon. Meanwhile, I thought I should send Epaphroditus back to you. He is a true brother, co-worker, and fellow soldier, and he was your messenger to help me in my need. I am sending him... Because he has been longing to see you, and he was very distressed that you heard he was ill. And he certainly was ill. In fact, he almost died. But God had mercy on him, and also on me, so that I would not have one sorrow after another. That's where we get the idea, and I should just read these last couple verses here, but I think it's really important to note that verse uh, 27 here is where a lot of us get the you know, the Lord won't give us more than we can bear. As well says, then, this here, that it's one sorrow. I mean, this is part of the the reason why people believe this. They point to the other verse, too. But um, this verse here where he's saying uh, won't have one sorrow on top of another. I think that verse is a good indication to prove to you, though, that that at some point it does stop. Okay, because one thing will happen and... You'll kind of be out of that season for all. It won't seem like it. You'll seem like you'll just have boom, 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 one right after the other. But then it'll slow down. And then you can really see the Lord working right after that. I mean, you'll get upset, but then you'll just see more clear the Lord working through the situation and see just what the the plan that he has for you and for your life uh, to move forward. I mean, we have seen it many times. I have sworn up and down that we weren't going to get towards the next, the next week, the next month, the next year. And, um, you know, here we sit with plenty of joy and still don't know how we're going to get to the next year. But I've got enough peace in the Lord that I'm not worried about it. But it's funny, too, we can see a lot in Paul's character. Okay, He was anxious. He was worried. All of these things here are still signs of a of a believer. And we will have these things. We will have these worries and these doubts and be self-conscious about these things. And you can see he's like, man, I couldn't. I'm sending Timothy to you because, you know, I, I couldn't. I have to know that you're okay. I have to know that all of you are okay. So like I was telling Heidi this morning, this was was before Paul had uh, the internet. He wasn't able, he had to sit there and worry about how his church is and how his his flock was getting along. But I definitely, that was part of the reason why I wanted to do this Philippians again because I was worried myself about a bunch of individual listeners and, and people in our home church that are going through a bunch of really really hard times right now and I'm you know that just really bums me out because I, I don't want anybody to have that that feeling of hopelessness and disappointment and that I just want everybody to to have the peace that comes in Christ and in time. You all can learn it if you just stay in his word. You stay faithful to learning and reading and praying and, and growing and removing yourself further and further away from the world. All right, um, so I'll read the last, I think it was on 29. Welcome, uh, well, okay, I, I tell you what, we'll start in 28 again. So at verse 28, So I am all the more anxious to send him back to you, for I know you will be glad to see him, and then I will not be so worried about you. Welcome here in the Lord's love and with great joy, and give him the honor that people like him deserve. For he risked his life for the work of Christ, and he was at the point of death while doing for me what you couldn't do from far away. All right, so that wraps up chapter 2. And we will be back with chapter three.